For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in Softball. I'm your host, Jenna Becerra, and we made it to March, guys. And it's also Women's History Month. Obviously, women's history is way more than just one month, but I'm excited to take this opportunity to celebrate and keep doing what we're doing every week. And last March was kind of when all hell broke loose, honestly. So here's hoping that this March is a little bit better and that when we get to April, hopefully we'll all be able to exhale a little bit. So some reminders for the show, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Softball. That's B-L-E-A-V. Subscribe to Believe in Softball on YouTube so you can watch the episodes too. Now let's go through today's order. First, we'll cover our bases. I'll give you some news and updates in the softball world. Then we'll head into today's interview with Rachel Garcia. I'm super excited about this. Current UCLA and USA star, super talented and also super nice, which is always a great combo. Then we'll end things with the foul tip of the week, our new segment that shares tips to help us get better in softball and in life. So let's get going. Covering our bases. This is such an interesting time of year for sports right now. I mean, you got basketball heating up, softball and baseball, of course, and other spring and winter sports overlapping. Plus in college, we even have some fall sports that are finally getting a shot to play their delayed season, like soccer. So we sort of went from a light period of sports in 2020 to just this spike in 2021. So if you're watching, like me, the go-to place to bet on sports is at betonline.ag. And for entertainment too, I mean, did you watch the Golden Globes? BetOnline also covers awards seasons and TV shows and even reality TV. They have hundreds of props with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And remember, the online casino is open 24 hours a day. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. They're your online sportsbook experts. And actually, another sport that's happening right now is volleyball. The Athletes Unlimited volleyball season has started. It's awesome. And after the awesome start that AU had with softball last year and just all the amazing guests that we actually had on this show talking about that experience, I got to give a shout out. I mean, it's the only professional women's indoor volleyball league in the U.S., so they're breaking more barriers, they're giving more women opportunities, and they're bringing the good vibes, and that's the energy we need. And even when we had Sherry Kempf on the first episode of this season on the show, I mean, she talked about how empowering it was to see the support among the Athletes Unlimited family during the softball season. You know, the volleyball players were watching and supporting, and she was confident that she would also see, and we all would also see, the softball players do the same come volleyball season. And they are. I've seen a bunch of them watching like Kat Osterman, Jesse Warren, and plenty more posting about it. And you love it. And you should check them out too. It's not just about softball. 
right? It's not just about sports. It's about women and lifting each other up and ultimately making the world better. That's the North Star. And yes, for softball fans, of course, volleyball can also be a preview for what's to come in year two of Athletes Unlimited later this year. But speaking of previews, you might have noticed that preseason is a little different for college softball this year. A lot of conference matchups. We're not used to seeing that this early in the season. You know, we do usually see power five matchups and ranked matchups in a big preseason tournament. A few of them actually that were unfortunately canceled this year due to logistical complications around COVID-19. Normally we see the Mary Nutter Classic in Palm Springs. I've competed there, it's no joke. And it's always a huge tournament. Last year, there were over 32,000 people there before the pandemic shut down the season. I mean, I remember having Natasha Watley on the show last year around this time. And she was saying how she was just blown away to see the line, just waiting to get in, to get the last minute tickets, not even including the people who had bought them ahead of time. And, you know, she was like, the tournament didn't even exist when I played for UCLA. Like the growth is unbelievable. So we're used to that. Then there was also the first St. Pete Clearwater Invitational last year, also huge. And these preseason tournaments are like the Women's College World Series previews. Like they really are, you get to see it so early. But within your own conference, teams don't usually face each other until official conference play actually starts. So this is a treat. And some of the games this past weekend, for example, like in the Pac-12, Stanford and Cal played each other, they split those games. Oregon and UCLA split a pair of games. Oregon also beat Utah and Arizona beat Oregon State. In the Big Ten, Michigan and Purdue played each other. Minnesota actually played Ohio State, Indiana, and Maryland. And in the SEC, we mentioned this before, Alabama beat LSU twice last week. The ACC even, they've actually taken a pod approach. So they've had pods. And a couple weeks back, Florida State played Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech, for example. Duke hosted Notre Dame and Pittsburgh. It's just this sort of like conference friendly approach. And this has to do with logistics around COVID-19 too. You know, it's easier to coordinate and stay safe with programs that are geographically maybe closer to you. And also within your own conference, you're likely to have the same COVID protocols and processes to follow. So that's consistent and a little more straightforward. And of course it does replace some of the other preseason tournaments or formats we normally see them participate in. So the other thing about that though, is that you might also notice that some records might be looking a little different than we're used to this time of year. We're used to seeing a lot of ranked teams sweeping preseason weekends, but Minnesota, for example, they went three for three, but they played teams in their conference. It's tougher competition and they're more familiar with you too. And the same with Florida State, they already have three losses on the season two of which were to Virginia Tech from their ACC pod. But, you know, overall, my take on these head-to-heads is, first of all, it's fun. There's nothing like rivalry. It's the best. Like, I got to call the Stanford Cal games in February. Since when does that happen? I mean, I was fired up about it. And both games were super close. The energy is just intensified. Because in that case, it's also not just conference. It's like the battle of the Bay, arch rivals like that clashing. That's one of the most fun parts of sports and competition. But I also think that this is gonna be a real challenge for these teams. It's hard enough to face each team in your conference three times in a series. 
and try to beat them, but to have to face them five times or six times. If you're in the Pac-12, they have actually four game sets set up each weekend instead of a three game series. Only three of the games, Friday, the first game Saturday and Sunday count towards conference, but you're still playing that team four times. That's going to be tough let alone if you meet them again in the postseason, then you're playing them even more times. So really it's adjustments. That's going to be the name of the game. Who wants it more and who makes less mistakes? That's always the case on, on who's going to win. But especially who can learn and get better and make those adjustments in a timely fashion. It's going to be a wild ride to see who ultimately makes it to the top in Oklahoma City this year, and I can't wait. But someone who knows what it's like to be at the top and is actually trying to keep that trend going is today's guest. So let's head into the interview. She is a current UCLA player, an All-American, 2019 National Champion, LA Sportswoman of the Year, back-to-back National Player of the Year, on multiple lists, future Tokyo Olympian with Team USA, and so much more. Rachel Garcia. Thank you for joining, Rachel. I'm, I'm really pumped about this. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I feel like I have to start with, because of the crazy year, I know family is really important to you. So how's your family doing? How are you doing? How's life? Yeah, I mean, family's been okay during all this. Um, they're pretty bummed out that they don't get to come to home games this well so far this year. Um, but I'm just happy that they're still able to, to be involved in some way. Their cardboard cutouts are up in the stands. So I still have some type of support there in the stands. Um, and then just the fact that they get to live stream and watch all the games through there too, I think is also um, a huge part in it as well that they still are able to, to keep involved with us. Yeah, man, what my family would have done to have even just live streams like back when I played we only had like, what was it called? Game tracker, I think. And it's just like the little people on the screen, like it's just little dots moving from base to base. And now it's like, hey, we have all this for people to be able to watch. It's awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad they've been able to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you're from Palmdale, right? Is that right? Yes. Okay. I was asking because I'm also a Southern California girl. I've, I grew up in Ventura County in Camarillo, but my extended family are almost on both sides, like everybody's from Barstow. But my cousins, my aunt and uncle actually lived in Palmdale for a while while we were growing up. So I used to go all the time to see them like way back in the day. Yeah, Palmdale, I feel like is a growing community. Um, I, especially nowadays, like I feel like a bunch of people, especially from LA are starting to move out to, to Palmdale because it's I think it's just like one of those commuter towns I I think, but just a lot of people are starting to move out there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's definitely growing, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Super cool. And so Cowgirl goes to UCLA, makes sense, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> but speaking of that, I mean, how is it back being with your Bruin family? Like after all this time, after everything that's happened, you guys are back together, you're on the field. Yeah, I think it's just an amazing opportunity to – um, especially this year, uh, be back at UCLA and representing the Bruins. And on top of it, once I'm done here, I also get to go and represent Team USA. So I think that this is just one of those super special years that I get to represent both teams. It's awesome. It's like, it's not totally normal or it's not common, but I guess that's sort of the theme of the past couple of years is not normal and not common. So 
Yeah. <laughs> Super cool that you're able to do that. I mean, when you're kind of getting back into the college mindset, <laughs> which is, you know, it's been a couple of years in your case since you took last year off to train with USA. What is the mindset coming off of a national championship the way you guys did in 2019? I mean, when you've sort of realized a dream like that, how do you move forward, especially two years later? Um, I think to just be, be you, be true to who you are, um, I think is super important. I mean, obviously you're going to set goals every year for each team, but I feel like um, with this year, we just, same thing. We have to, we have to be ourselves and still have fun and treat every game just like it's, it's the same. Yeah. And no two teams are different, right? Like, I would imagine you're not really going into it being like, let's replicate everything we did in 2019, <laughs> but yeah. it's more like, you know, let's, let's make it our own in 2021. Yeah. And for the most part, like, I feel like our team's pretty young. Um, a lot of people stayed from last year. So um, yeah, I, I feel like it's still the same team from last year, just one person who decided to graduate and, move on but I feel like that this team is there's so much room for growing for this team because of how young we are and the opportunity for me and Bubba to come back and finish our senior year and also kind of be that like all right we've been here we've done this like let's teach the freshmen let's teach the redshirt freshmen the sophomores like it, it's just that opportunity to, to help them grow absolutely and I feel like in 2019 but not only then, but that's the last time we got to see it really, everybody on TV and everything. It's like just this, I know you guys call it Bruin magic. Like that's, that's what you guys have over there. And it, that's not, is that something that can really be taught to freshmen or do you think it's innate in the people that, you know, coach I recruits? Um, Bruin magic is, is something special. It, it, happens in the moment like you, you you just know when it when it's happening so there's really no way to teach it it just happens <laughs> yeah yeah it's one of those intangibles mm -hmm. well that's why it's magic I guess you know it's like what it wouldn't be magic if it's like some formula you guys have you know yeah <laughs> it's got to come naturally exactly and that, that's something that's been very generational at UCLA like you're very fortunate to obviously be a part of the brewery magic now but it's something that's been around for a really long time and I've been wondering for a while actually how often do you get compared to your coach Lisa Fernandez um I would say when we're playing games and people are talking about it on tv <laughs> um but I just think that like Lisa was a huge part of me coming to UCLA as well. Um, I, every time I just watched her on TV when I was growing up from when she played for Team USA to when she started coaching at UCLA, like I just knew like she, she was someone that I wanted to play for. Um, and working with her now, it has been such a privilege. It's been such an amazing um six years uh she's she's just so passionate about the sport and like there's just no one like it that that brings so much joy and energy to the field every single day I mean she's the goat like 
plain and simple. But, but I think to your point, it's like, it's not just that she was the greatest in her performance. There's also all those other elements you're talking about, like passion and like that energy and, and how she's kind of paying it forward now, even with, with you guys in the program, like it's just the whole package. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember actually, the only time I ever remember being starstruck in my entire life was meeting Lisa Fernandez. I was probably like 10, you know, it was like forever ago. And I think what was, I went to, again, from Southern California. So we went to UCLA. There was a camp. I didn't do the camp, but there was like an alumni game. And we went to watch that. But I remember before that, like at the end of the camp, before the game, she was there and me and some of my like little rec ball teammates at the time, like got to meet her. And I remember her saying like, hello, and me just kind of like freezing and, and like looking at her and everyone's like, she's just excited to meet you. But I've never felt that feeling except for that day. Yeah, the first time I met Lisa was they when she was on Team USA, they were doing the PFX tour. So back, that was a long time ago. <laughs> um, they made a pit stop in, in Palmdale at one of our like brand new fields and they put on a camp. And at the same time, they also put on a little expedition game and I got to be the bat girl on Lisa's team. And I just remember like running in my little flip-flops out to first base to get her her jacket. <laughs> that's amazing. And look at you now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's awesome. I mean, I'm, how can you not learn so much from being around somebody like that on a daily basis? But what do you think the biggest things you've learned from her in college are, but even internationally, like with all of her Olympic experience too? I would say just mindset is the biggest one. Um, she puts us through a lot of workouts before bullpens, um, mentally prepares us for that. Like when you do reach the end, like you do feel that tiredness. I mean, you play so many games in a, in a season in a season. And when you do get to that last, that last game, like you feel it. But um, I just remember like in the 2019 year, like she made us wear long sleeve um, heat gear or cold gear. And then like on top of it, leggings underneath our pants, like had us layered up doing these champ camps, which are like a little workout circuit. And then right after that, we would immediately go into a bullpen. Um, just to mentally prepare ourselves. And then uh, this year, same thing, we're starting to get back into that kind of groove of like, all right, we're doing champ camps, make sure we're, we're wearing our long sleeves and our leggings. Like it's go time, you guys are prepared. Like it's, yeah, she puts us, like she mentally prepares us for the long run. Champ camps, that's like one of the most UCLA things I think I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think they call I don't even know if they call them champ camps anymore, but like my freshman year, it that they had shirts that said champ camp on it. And then like sponsored by muscle milk. Cause like, I just, it was the funniest thing. Like I still have that shirt actually, but <laughs> champ camp. <laughs> oh my God. Muscle milk. I used to love muscle milk in college. I feel like people are just straight up drinking chocolate milk these days, which I'm like, why didn't I think of that yeah. in college? <laughs> yep. That's true. We used to have Hershey's chocolate milk too, but depends on what we get. I feel like we get like a lot of different, like from muscle milk to chocolate milk to whatever's, whatever protein they're giving us. Yeah, I know. That's true. You're kind of like, whatever, I'll take whatever they provide. <laughs> yeah. 
in college you're like that's fine I'm, I'm tired I'm thirsty let's let's do this yeah <laughs> but sham camps that's that's the cool thing too you talked about bullpen well two things come to mind one is for you guys you're used to going the distance like as a program the most winningest program in in collegiate history for softball but going deep into the season I mean you know better than anybody where you're pitching and hitting you might have like what was it 179 pitch count that you had uh before going into the championship series in 2019 like and you're still hitting and like there's a lot of fatigue but it sounds like those are meant to kind of prepare you for that mental fatigue you're talking about and the physical fatigue Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it, it's it's a lot of games, and when you do get to the end like that, like it it's a push. You have to mentally push yourself to get over, just to get over like those last couple um, for us two games. But um, I just remember like during the World Series, like Coach Lisa would literally pull me into the little recovery room um, or into like the the trainers' room, one to cool off, uh, one to cool off too to to kind of discuss whatever happened in the inning and then three like she's like you know like you've put your body through this already like you know what it feels like to feel that mental fatigue and it's like you're gonna you're gonna outlast these other pitchers like you you've been here and you've done this like she just always like kind of just was always there um like when you're feeling that tiredness she's like no you're mentally telling yourself tight like that you're tired but you're gonna go out there and you're gonna finish like she like just brings that like energy out of you when you're like at that end point that's exactly that's what you want that's what you need out of a coach for you too you're you're very chill you know like that's the the vibe I get from you um and Lisa is like like you said there's a lot of intensity there at least on the field so does she it sounds like she kind of helps bring that out of you like at least when you're on the field even if you're still pretty chill off the field yeah I would say she's part of it and then I would say like just when my when my teammates are making amazing plays like I feel like you got to show something out like like I feel like if anybody has a big personality on the field like Megan has Megan Faramo just has the most like she doesn't care like she just will show you the like absolute funnest time on the field and I I, I give her props to that because like that's hard, that's hard for me to just even go out there and like yeah you got this like it's it's hard for me to bring that energy out there but like like I'd say like when when teammates like make amazing plays like that's what pumps me up and makes me feel like like my like we got this like our team my team's got my back I got their back we're gonna have a good time yeah yeah well, there's nothing like teammates too. Cause it, it's yeah. like when, when the going's tough, if you're not going to do it for yourself, you're going to do it for them at the end of the day. Yep. Yep. Makes total sense. But the thing about it too, is that, like you said, you have their back too, and you get to help yourself out because you pitch and hit, which by the way is like my favorite. I love pitchers who hit. I just love that you help yourself out. Like you get to contribute on both sides of the ball it's the best. I mean, but would you consider yourself a pitcher who hits or a hitter who pitches? That's tough. Um, I mean, although like I do love pitching, like I feel like I do take more pride into my hitting. Um, and I feel like that's because like growing up, like they told me if you're going to pitch, like you're probably not going to hit. And I just felt like, no, I got to prove people wrong. So that's why I feel like I take more pride into the hitting part. 
Right. Right. Well, yeah. All someone has to do is tell you you can't. You're like, nope. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Gonna disappoint you there. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) But that's that legacy at UCLA that I also really like. Like coming from the Pac-12 myself, something that I've always noticed about like the Bruin program overall is that legacy of pitchers who also hit or hitters who also pitch. Like when I, when I was playing, it was Megan Langenfeld, you know, back in the day, there's Amanda Freed, there's obviously Lisa. So what is it like to be a part of that legacy and keep moving it forward? Yeah, I think it's, it's amazing. Um, Like, like you said, UCLA has a history of pitchers that hit. And I feel like that was also like a deciding factor as well, because it was like, I don't want to be just a pitcher. Like I, like, I'm more than just that. I don't want to be labeled as just a, a PO, a pitcher only. Um, and to be a part of UCLA and a part of this history like that, I feel like it inspires the younger generation to not only want to be just a pitcher only or a catcher only. Like, I feel like it gives them that inspiration to just kind of um, like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to attempt this. I'm going to try something different. I'm going to try something new. Like I, that's ultimately what I feel like, um, what I'm giving back to the, to the younger generation, like making their decisions and playing sports. I think when you have that as your North star, good things happen. Like, you know, so many people I've had on the show, former players will talk about that. Like the big thing that they're inspired by and that they really look at for their future is to give back or pay it forward. Or, you know, they, we all want to grow the game at the end of the day. Like we all have the same, goal and we just go about it in our own individual ways which is cool Mm -hmm. well the other legacy obviously with UCLA softball is Olympic players and with you and Bubba Nichols that's something that's you know right now for you so what is your relationship like with Bubba like you obviously have you know a lot in common to say the least yeah um me and Bubba are pretty close actually she lives on the other side of this wall of me for me. <laughs> so I'd say like, we're pretty tight. Um, I, I just think that it's also gives me, um, a, a best friend when we're on the road, like with team USA. Cause we're, I mean, she knows like on tour, we like, we were constantly going places and she knew, like, we both know how tired we were, but like we both had each other that pushed each other. Cause we're there together. Um, and on top of it, she's my age. We also have Deja Malipola from Arizona, who's also that we're pretty tight with. Um, but I, I just think that, like I said, like this is a pretty unique year getting to represent both UCLA and Team USA and to do it together. Totally. And you're right. It's always nice when you have other people going through the same thing as you. I think teammates in general are that way. You're like, you're, you're all in the trenches together. But with you guys in particular, it's like with such a unique situation, like, thank goodness you have, there's three of you, you know? <laughs> and we're all the same age, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's nice, you know, because obviously on Team USA, it's such a mix. Like you got, you guys are current players still in college, but then obviously there's like Kat and Monica who have like been there, you know, veterans um, that are going to kind of, I don't know, make their new mark, even though they've made plenty in the past already. So what are, what are kind of, what's the dynamic, I guess, within the team, like your roles, you, Bubba, Deja. Yeah, I would say, 
Yeah, the coolest part about Team USA, like there's there's a obviously a wide range of age on this team. Um, I mean, we really don't look at that. I mean, we were all chosen for a reason. We're all there for for a reason. And like in the end, like we're playing for something bigger than than us. And I mean, softball is back in the Olympics. Like, I mean, who better to look up to than Monica Abbott and Kat Oshman, who have been in the process? Like, I mean. I like, I know deep down, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is tough. But at the same time, I'm like, if they can do it, like I definitely can do it. Like, and then on top of it, like when I am feeling like that, like it's a simple, like, hey, Monica, hey, Kat, like, can you give me some advice here? Like, I like, or like how to mentally like push myself. Like, this is something, this is, I mean, it's different than college for sure. Um, the training aspects in softball is all different compared to college. Um, but it's, it's, amazing that we have those two team those two teammates that can that we can look up to and get guidance from and overall just be a part of this together that's awesome that's awesome and so you're of course it's different than college right and so it's like kind of you going a little bit like back and forth like just given the circumstances between your UCLA team and team USA how is it kind of like shifting your role on the team you know you go from being like the veteran at UCLA to like you're looking to Kat and Monica for a lot of advice with USA so how is kind of like transitioning back and forth been? Um, it's definitely been a learning experience uh, just from going to international play playing all the top female athletes coming back to college I feel like it just helps me approach the game differently um, and how like I'm throwing certain pitches, what I'm pairing up pitches with, like, I just think it like, it's helping me grow as a player um, by going back and forth. Um, I mean, I'm, I know I'm not the most talkative person on the team, but I feel like being on Team USA kind of helps me like be a little bit more talkative. And then when I come back to college, like, I feel like I have more confidence in speaking up and, and putting myself a little bit more out there. So that's something that I like, I've noticed a different like a change in me this year is just being able to, to just speak up more. And um, I mean, above all people should know, like I'm not the most talkative person. <laughs> and you don't have to be, you know, I mean, it's, it's nice if you can do as much as you can in that area, but mm-hmm. I think with softball, it's, it's pretty cool because it's all different types of personalities can, can yeah. play this game. All different types of personalities can be leaders in this game and so it's it's nice when you sort of see that that balance and like see you leading by example you know because I always feel like like I said you're chill earlier but I also feel like you're very classy on the field which I appreciate thank you (laughs) but I mean you said it too you're going to be chasing a national title and a gold medal in the same year it's like wild but it not only is it in the same year it's really if you look at the dates it's like this is only a couple months apart (laughs) <laughs> but you yeah. know the world series and the olympics are only a couple months apart so how do you yeah. kind of keep that in perspective um i think for me personally i don't know how bubba's feeling but like i feel like being able to just kind of focus on the on the now um what we're doing as a as a unit right now bringing into the next game um and then in the long run, what we're going to do to improve. Um, so kind of just sticking here, like sticking on the UCLA path right now, but also like when I'm 
when I step away from the field and kind of have to hop on the USA um, wagon because we also have Zoom meetings that we uh, that we get invited to. So that's the cool part too. Like even though we're not with Team USA right now, like they're still keeping us all involved. Um, they're having Zoom meetings during training camp so that way me and Bubba can hop on when when we can without the time conflict. So um, I, I just you got to have like two separate mindsets going at once. I feel like. Oh, it's, it seems like it, like you said, living in the now, it's like, well, that's all we can do because the now changes on the daily. It feels like these days. With COVID, it changes all the time. <laughs> it really does. So yeah, with that being said, kind of walk me through this roller coaster. thinking back. It's like, what went through your mind when you first made the Olympic roster, then when the Olympics were postponed, and then when you decided to come back to UCLA, for the 2021 season? Yeah, I was super emotional when I made the team. Um, the first person I actually contacted was Bubba. Like, I I didn't even look through the entire list. I just saw Bubba's name first, and I was like, nope, I got to contact her. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, Bubba, I'm so happy for you. Like, I'm so excited for this journey. And then I went back, and I was like, oh, my God. And then, like, Bubba texted me back, and, like, the exact same thing. And I was like, wait. And then I, like, went through it again. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then, like, as soon as like I st like stopped contacting her, like I was like, all right, I guess I should contact my parents. Like, and I didn't even get like words out. My mom's just like, did you make it? Like, and I just started bawling. And she's like, you made it. And then I was just like, yeah. And then we like, for like probably three minutes, we weren't saying a word, just crying on the phone. Like, it was it was such an emotional emotional time because I mean, this is this the, like ultimately that's what you look up to when you're so young like I just remember watching Team USA playing on on TV and I'm like I wouldn't like impersonate people's windups people's swings like I was that like involved into like watching Team USA like I loved I loved the sport like probably when like I was two years old my cousins played my my mom and dad played slow pitch like I was always at the field um and when it got taken out of the Olympics I just remember being so crushed like that that's a lifetime goal, like is to be on Team USA and, rep and represent the three letters on your chest. Um, but then when, when it got brought back in, I was like, oh my gosh, this is an opportunity. Um, I like I remember being in Japan, qualifying for the Olympics, and be like, this is real, this is happening. And then um, with the postponement of the Olympics, I just was very, um, I was sad and happy because I look at it as as a time to get better um what you're gonna do on your own time to get that one percent better so I kind of I didn't look at it as a negative like mindset I, I kind of took that as like this gives us this gives us room to improve um and develop as as an individual right right and I guess it's like you have to have that mindset because if you don't you could kind of you'd go insane <laughs> yeah <laughs> really easily. So then when you decided to come back to UCLA and you realized you were going to be able to do all this in the same, you know, within a couple months of each other, how did you feel emotionally then? I felt, I felt like a happy sad in a way, because it was like, I, I won't be able to be with Team USA as much. Um, but I'll also be training as well. So that was also like the, 
was a factor of like, USA is not going to be training as much because we don't know what COVID protocols are going to be. We don't know how COVID's going to change things. Um, but also coming back to UCLA was also like, all right, now I get to, I get to train on a daily basis. I get access to the training room. I get doctors when I need them. Like it, that was also kind of like a, like, let's finish out that last year. Right. Right. Well, and it's like, I would imagine it's like coming home in a way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, yeah. also felt, always feels like home when I come back. <laughs> yeah. Well, what are you looking forward to most with your Olympic experience once you've finished strong, hopefully with, with UCLA? I would say just coming back to my family. Um, my family is super involved into my life. Um, my, my cousins all live within like from 10 minutes to an hour away from me. So they're constantly like, I feel like they're always over like, or we're always over to their house. Like, it's just, that's how kind of a family we are. Um, but I, I'm most excited to bring back that gold medal and uh, get to just experience that moment with them. Cause I know, um, like I looked up to my cousins when I was younger and now that they have younger ones, I can't wait to kind of just be that inspiration for them as their moms were for me. That's awesome. I mean, I, I can relate to you with the family part, obviously not with the going to the Olympics part, <laughs> but, but the having the big family, I have, um, 10 first cousins just on my dad's side. And uh, we all are really close. Um, my cousins were almost like sibling figures. So it kind of sounds like that's sort of what you experienced too, growing up and in your life. Um, and yes, how great is it to be like the older cousin and almost like an aunt, like an aunt figure. Um, and then you have like these little ones to play with. It's just, I, it's just the best. Yes, I, yes, 100%. Um, and like you said, like, I, I'm an only child. So yeah, my cousins, they're like my sisters to me. Um, always go to them for advice, literally talk to them about everything. It, like, that's how tight I am with them. Um, and then uh, they're the little ones. I love, I love hanging out with the little ones. <laughs> Have you already like gotten them UCLA gear and you're training them really young? Oh, of course. I have a whole box of UCLA stuff and I'm like, just go through it, pick whatever you want. <laughs> Love it. I literally did that actually like not long ago over the summer with my niece. I was like, here's everything. Take whatever you want. I love that. <laughs> you have to start them young too. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Man. But you know, I know that you were also really close with uh, your grandparents Mm -hmm. And that's something that I, again, can also relate to really close with my grandparents. My grandparents are my godparents um, on my dad's side and then very close with my grandpa on my mom's side as well. Um, and I know that your papa was a huge inspiration to you, especially in 2019 in that season after you lost him. And I just want to say, I'm, I'm really sorry for your loss because even though it's been a couple of years, you know, they're, they're still very near and dear to our hearts. My grandma, my mom's side, I also lost when I was young. So 
I just wanted to say that because I know that it's important to you. Thank you. Yeah, it was, it was a tough year. Um, even right before season, like that's kind of when things started to go a little downhill, but, um, I just remember like in that Washington game, like that's when, like, that was the specific moment where I was like, I felt him like watching over us. Like after that hit, like I just see like the ball off the bat, I was started crying. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, I just don't know why I'm so emotional right now, but it was like, literally like it felt like he had a hand on my shoulder there, but yeah, my teammates know how, how close family is to me. And, um, especially now more than ever, cause I got one more grandma, one more grandparent left and she moved in with us, uh, during quarantine. And it's been, it's been, there's been some highs and lows, but she's, she's quite the character. <laughs> I know. Isn't it funny how, how much they get away with when like saying, cause they're the grandparents, like they can do whatever they want. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's great though, that you've gotten to spend that much time. I, I, I love that because I'm actually opposite. Like I haven't seen my grandparents in over a year now because of COVID Mm-hmm. And it's tough. So I'm so glad that you've had that time because it's just irreplaceable. And there's something about like that grandparent, granddaughter relationship. It's just really special. You know, I, it's, it's kind of like hard to describe, but it's like it, your parents' parents, you know, but like it's a unique relationship. Yep. I'm the oldest. I'm the oldest of the grandkids too. So and I'm the closest one because the other two live in Colorado, but she's, uh, my grandma, my grandma and grandma and papa um, always just spoiled us. <laughs> and that was, I think that's ultimately the best part is like, I mean, not, not the spoiling part, but it's, it's just the time that you spend with them and the memories that you do create with them. Couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. I'm, I'm so glad that you've been able to do that. That's awesome. And because you were born first of the grandkids, were you the one who like decided to call like your grandpa Papa, for example? Like, were you the one that got to name sort of like their, them? I, I honestly don't really know. I, it just, Papa was easier to say. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he, he was quite, <laughs> he had je- uh, dad jokes out of his pocket left and right. And I just can't. like, you know, like where well, they're not funny, but like at the same time, like they're funny and you have to laugh. Like that was him always, every time, like just randomly pulling out these dad jokes. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was also quite the character. Um, my grandma's probably a little more stern. He was more of the, like the funny have to crack jokes and and like probably bad moments but (laughs) like he just was that 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 guy that's so sweet I love that I part of the reason I asked too is because my brother is the oldest of us grandkids and he he called them Bama and Poppy on my dad's side so we all call them Bama and Poppy you know ever since and now with my niece and nephew they started calling my parents like papa and nana so I'm like well I guess someday that's what my kids are going to call them you know for oldest you you get to set the tone yep yeah well that's that's (laughs) awesome I love that you have that relationship with them it's super special 
-hmm. Now, kind of shifting gears a little bit to lighten things up. Um, just want to kind of get to know you a little bit more than, you know, on the field, what we've seen. I think we've started to do that today, which is awesome. But do you have any pregame rituals or any superstitions that you have to do? Mm, pregame rituals, not so much. I mean, it's always got to have coffee before a game. Um, that's, but that's every day. <laughs> um, I feel like superstitions, I do. I have to have, like, let's say I braided my hair a certain way and I, like, went two for three and had, I don't know, eight strikeout, like, or higher. Like, I'm like, all right, I got to have the same braid. Like, and then, like, mid-game, if it's not working, then I'll, like, throw my hair up in a bun or um, change my hair. Like, it, it's, I don't know, my hair, it's, it's all about the hair. <laughs> you know, now that you say that, I feel like I've, seen that like now that you say it I feel like I've seen you like come out with a bun like in the middle of the game before I never really thought of it but that yeah that makes sense yep I yeah I'll start with a ponytail and see how it goes and then I'm like nope it's got to go up in a bun like oh, like one I like something's not working or if it's just too hot <laughs> fair that's completely fair I feel you on that my hair is really thick and you know what the worst like when you have your hair like in just a ponytail so like not braided or anything and you like you're fielding a ball and you accidentally grab some of it and then like throw and yank it that was like, the worst oh yeah I yeah I chopped my hair off during quarantine and it like I cut five inches off so I had like really short hair and oh my like, oh my gosh this is the like best feeling ever of just not having that weight but now I'm like oh gosh I miss it like why did I cut it? But now it's starting to grow out longer now. And I'm like, all right, now I can have a natural bun that doesn't look like a little tiny, little tiny bun. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I feel like that always happens though. Anytime you change your hair, you're like excited and then you do it and you like freak out, you know, because <laughs> it's just different. I don't mm -hmm. know what it is about hair, but it's very true. Yes. The hair <laughs> is super important to me. <laughs> Agree. Agree. Okay, well, what is your favorite or your go-to karaoke song? Do you karaoke, actually? I do, yes. Um, I would say Red Dirt Road by Brooks and Dunn is one of my go-to karaoke songs. Um, yeah, that, that's my go-to. That's also like my favorite song, so. <laughs> yeah, well, then that makes it easy. But so you like country music? I do. That's awesome. Who's your favorite band? Uh, my favorite is Jason Aldean. Lately, it's like that's my all-time favorite. But lately, it's been Morgan Wallen. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I love country too. Dan and Shay has been um, like a mainstay in my playlist in the last couple of years. I know they're more like contemporary country. You know what I mean? But but. Still, I just, whenever I'm doing stuff around the house or whatever, I like playing them. Yeah. <laughs> they got some good songs. <laughs> they do, for sure. But I like Jason Aldean too. Dirt Road Anthem was like stuck in my head forever when that came out. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, if you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Um... 
I'm a huge, I, I like seafood a lot. Um, so I would say maybe shrimp. If that's the last thing to eat. <laughs> Shrimp's good. I like shrimp. Grilled or like breaded? Grilled. Yeah, I agree. Wait, what would you have with it? Like what's the whole meal situation? I would probably make it into like a little burrito bowl. Um, so rice, beans, cilantro, all the, all the good stuff. <laughs> if I had to eat it for the rest of my life. That's like Baja style. You're a California girl. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, cool. This was fun. I liked getting like your kind of quick answers there. But now um, I'll wrap up with a fun game that I play with everybody who comes on the show. Um, it's super simple. It's called Safer Out. And I'll bring up a topic and you'll just say, if you like it or you agree with it, you'll call it safe. If you don't like it or you don't agree with it, you'll call it out. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, cool. So first one is ribbons or bows in your hair for game day, safer out. Out. I had a feeling I was going to say, I don't think I've seen her do that at all. I'm out too. What, why are you out on it? Uh, I, I just have a hard time. I mean, I wore it in high school to kind of buy into our team, but like when I was, when I got to college, I just didn't, I, I don't really like putting ribbon in my hair or like, cause it ties, like, I feel like my hair gets caught in it and I'm trying to take it out. It rips my hair. So I'm like, no, um, <laughs> I mean, there'll be some games where we wear ribbon um, for a cause. Um, I'll try to like tie it to my glove sometimes, or if it doesn't, I'll like tie it to the ponytail first, but before I put the ponytail in my hair, um, but I just prefer not to wear a ribbon in my hair. Yeah, and, and if you are, hey, if you have to change hairstyles in the middle of the game because like of your superstition, then yeah, we don't need any barriers or blockers to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. Um, so second one is the designated player position. It's like an offense only position, DH. Safe or out? Safe. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I was I, curious I, since you do both. Yeah, I was my freshman, my redshirt freshman year and sophomore year, I was, I was the DP. Um, and then 20, so my junior year, then I started to play a little bit more first. Yeah, actually that, that was, I DP'd my freshman year too, and then ended up playing first, like later on in my career too, mm -hmm. something in common. Um, but I was curious just because, you know, there's like a whole debate in baseball, for example, because it's not a consistent, like across the AL and the NL, like the DH situation and like if pitchers are hitting, et cetera, obviously a little different in softball, but since you hit two, figured I'd ask. <laughs> But like people also forget that you can use the DP, not just for your pitcher. Like you can use that for anybody. So yeah. it's definitely mm -hmm. useful. Yeah. Agree. <laughs> okay. All right. So last one is bat flips. Safe or out? I'm going to say out, but that's because that's not my personality. Um, but yeah, I mean, 100% like agree if people want to do it but for me out. <laughs> yeah. See, I always like asking pitchers, but then when you're like you, where it's like, no, 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 I, 
I'm on the other side of it too. Like you have opportunities to backflip if you want to. Then I'm like really curious, like what side wins out. But I was gonna say, I've never seen you have like a huge reaction necessarily. Like, again, you're like kind of like cool as a cucumber. But the one time I, I do remember off the top of my head is, is that home run you hit against Washington. And like, you're like finger, like number one, like in the air running around the bases, but otherwise you're like very, very chill. Yeah, I would say like 2019 World Series, I probably had the most like expression ever in a game. Um, and that's like, even referring back to like prior years at the World Series, I feel like 2019 season, I like, or postseason, I brought out more emotion than normal. Well, it worked. It did. <laughs> but it's funny you say that because I, I had um, Claire Sua. Now she's Claire Sua Amundsen. Um, but she was actually my assistant coach at Stanford, but obviously like an awesome UCLA alum. And she was talking about when she was on the show, how she's the same way like just doing like a little fist pump was like, whoa, Claire's like energetic today. Like she was just so like chill running around the bases, but also it's like easy when you hit as many home runs as she did to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, this was awesome. Thank you, Rachel, especially during school, during season, like the craziest year ever with everything you have going on. I, I appreciate it. And it was awesome to get to know you better. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Rachel's great. I love her calm yet passionate energy and just how she sees the big picture. And she seems to just really have her priority straight, which is always good. And it's actually a great example for young girls. So with that, let's transition to the foul tip of the week. This week's foul tip is about comparisons. It's easy and it's tempting to compare yourself to other people, but you should only compare yourself to the person you were yesterday. Think about it. First of all, the only person you can control is yourself. You are responsible for what you choose to do every day and ultimately for your own happiness. Let's say there's a player on a rival team that you play who hits a lot of home runs and you start comparing yourself to her and wonder, why don't I hit more home runs? I want to hit more home runs than her, or I must not be that good of a hitter because I don't hit home runs like she does. If you focus on her performance her habits, her progress. Isn't that a lot of time thinking about her? Imagine if you channeled that energy into your own growth. That's what's actually gonna get you closer to where you wanna be and help you decide where you wanna be in the first place. When choosing your goals, should you be thinking, I wanna hit more home runs than her? Is that a goal you really wanna make for yourself? Rather than just wanting to be where someone else is, reflect inward about what you want, if it was just about you and no one else. And in that process, take time to recognize your strengths. Even if you don't hit a ton of home runs like that girl, you might be really fast. So you know what, steal bases. Take pride in taking extra bases to extend doubles into triples, for example, or make diving catches on defense using your speed. Capitalize on your strengths and let that build up your confidence. Like we've talked about before, it's less about the outcomes, like home runs, and it's more about getting better and helping the team and doing that in an authentic way, one thing at a time. And just for the record, comparison is different than inspiration. Like if you look at legends like Natasha Watley, 
Jessica Mendoza, or current players like Rachel Garcia, and you're inspired and motivated to be like them, that's great. They are amazing examples, and you can learn so much by emulating them. That's what Kobe Bryant did with Michael Jordan, right? But I would challenge you to remember that each of those players has made their own way in softball and in life. So the real inspiration should be to make your own way like they did. It's how you can be like them actually, is by staying true to yourself like they did and continue to do. The Mamba mentality wasn't something Michael Jordan made that Kobe adopted, was it? Kobe learned from Michael Jordan and from others and created his own approach. So that's it. Only compare yourself to the person you were yesterday. That's the foul tip of the week. You've been listening to Believe in Softball, available anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you listen, including Believe.com. Check us out on YouTube as well, where you can actually watch the episodes. Hit that subscribe button, rate the show, and write a review. Share it with your friends. Of course, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Believe in Softball. Again, B-L-E-A-V. Tons of fun content for you guys. And you can always hit me up on Twitter at JennaBecerra01 and Instagram at JennaBecerra as well. Huge thanks for tuning in and catch you soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.